Well, Aloha, you fantasy mappers. I'm going to go with mappers instead of cartographer because, like, the problem with cartographers is that's my team, right? Like, and mappers kind of sounds like mappers, which is kind of an insult. Anybody going with me on this? No? I think he just went a little bit. He killed it. He killed, killed the joke. Definitely he killed the Definitely mm, killed the joke. The intro now. But oh, now we're not. God. Now we're not kid friendly. Now we have to like tell. It's people. mappers. Mappers is kid friendly. Mappers could be anything. Mappers is not. But but mappers isn't. It's it's, it's mappers. It's mappers. I like completely different. All right. Fair enough. We're not I, saving I, this I, joke, Tyler. It's unfortunate. Oh, God, no, we're not. Gonna, I just now it's now I feel like I gotta do it. But like what? All right. Fine, whatever. I'm moving on. You guys insult my name, you insult my division name, and then you also insult, I think the Luchadors insulted my team name, saying the cartographers was the worst team name. I'm like, That's not what he, he said, did. I don't he think. Did. What did he say he that? Did. He did. He said it no. in the, the draft. No, no, no like we were talking. I think we were, maybe, maybe. I, th- I thought we were, if you said that in the draft, but everybody agrees that Mahomes is the worst division name. But why is Mahomes so bad? Like, we've got the Stucco Running Club division. Because that obviously means something, you know? It's like an inside joke. It's like, that's got to be funny to somebody. But, like, even if it's not, it feels like it's funny to somebody, right? Oh. Tenderonis, Mahomes, what, what is this? I, I need to win. Is that's that the, bad? That is my I'm, motivation I'm, to win, is to change Tenderonis. That, that feels like a bad. That feels like a bad inside joke. That feels like it was an inside joke in middle school, and you kept it. I mean, keep, keep, I'm just trying keep to stir up. Uh, Fancy is my rival here. I gotta stir up the bad blood. Yeah, because Zach is like such a. I like Zach, so it's like you gotta really work hard to like. Stir up <laughs> you really do. Really it's bad. not. It's terrible. It's kind of. Like we'll be talking more leader. about. We'll be talking more about Zach later in this podcast. I have thoughts, but. All right, so Tyler, yeah, well, I'll get to it, but we, we keep interrupting Tyler, and by we, I mean Drew for once, not me. Tyler, what were you going to say? Mahomes is the worst division name. Is it that bad? So I, I kind of like Tenderonis because it's so absurd that it's just ter- like it's so terribly bad that it's fine. Uh, the Mahomes division, you know, it had a nice run, a nice ring to it last year, uh, but uh, honestly, it's played out now. You could have at least tried to come up with something new. There's not even an inside joke. It really is just an homage to one player on your team who helps carry you through every season. Uh, Congrats to having him. Uh, Me over here. The only thing. I believe I'm in the double D's division, uh, which is fun to say out loud, but also very middle school. So I think if we're power ranking the division names, it's Stucco Running Club is probably number one uh, because at least it means something to the members of the crew there. Uh, and after that, it, you know, you need anything to Scott who named it. I well, he like just kept it as yeah. an homage to the to the the greatness of the first one. And Yours yeah, wasn't yeah, great. Homies, is it? Oh, this is some fucking bullshit. All right, moving on. Obviously, the hypocrisy will go. Uh, un- whatever I'm trying to fucking say. Let's talk about the most recent trade, boys. So we've got the loose cannons trading Austin Hooper and Tony Pollard for Baker Mayfield and Tyler Batty. Uh, you know, I'm struggling with this trade. I, I don't love it. Why don't we start off with uh, Tyler? What, what's your thoughts, man? 
Yeah, uh, I obviously, I've shared some of these with you guys already. Uh, so loose cannons pick up a quarterback, right? They desperately, desperately, desperately needed one here. Uh, if they think they're going to try to make a push into the, the playoffs, uh, they have really thinned out their running back depth, though. Picking up Tyler Beatty is great if he were on a roster, but he's not currently. Um, which leaves them with their RB3 as probably Zach Moss. Not really what you're looking for since he's also the RB3 in Buffalo now. Um, but again, Baker Mayfield is not the worst consolation prize in this kind of swapping of spare parts. On the other side, you know, I, I guess you, who'd you pick up here? This is, Pens of Parakeets picking somebody up, right? Tony Pollard and uh, Tony Pollard, Austin, yeah. Austin Hooper. So, like, Austin Hooper is just kind of the throw in here to make salaries work. It seems like Tony Pollard is is what you were going for. Twenty seven dollars this year. What's that? Thirty one next year. You're not thirty or thirty one next year. Yeah, I think no, it's locked in. Oh, was that a RFA match? Oh, Sorry, RFA. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, picking up Tony Pollard on a cheap deal next year is great if he stays in Dallas and Zeke continues the slow and steady decline into eventual irrelevance. Um, but if for some reason Dallas convinces themselves Zeke is still the starter, picking up Tony Pollard's like just fine. Obviously, Evan and the Pensive Parakeets are kind of entering a tank year anyways, and it seems like Tony Pollard is going to be what they hope is the cheap rb2 next year when they have lots of money to spend mm -hmm. when they tear this roster down again um i i think chad wins the trade here he got the he got the best asset in the trade it also puts him on that like six seven eight nine this this super group of teams from maybe even four down to ten right where any of those teams that make or miss the playoffs will be you'll be more surprised by some than others, but there's this super group all the way down to 10 that could easily swap in and out all season. Here's a, uh, here's what Wait, I, give me, give me one sec. Let me, let me jump in here just because I, I want to follow up on Tyler's point is that uh, that's exactly how I feel like. I feel like Evan traded the best asset away. I feel like Evan's kind of already on the boat of he's not competing this year, given the fact that he thought his power ranking was somewhere around 11 or 12. And so the issue that I have with this trade is I feel like you could have waited a week or two. Exactly. Exactly. And then been able to get some draft capital, which I think would have gone a lot longer. hundred percent. Saving $3 or $4 on an escalating deal with Tony Pollard next year. Now, granted, maybe Tony Pollard's really good, but yeah, that's my. hundred percent. This is what, this is what frustrates me about this trade is that there is a hint of genius. When you take this trade into account, and then you go and you look at Pensive Parakeet's roster, there's like a hint of genius here. It's like, oh, maybe he's got some of these players that he just bought because they're tradable players. And you go down and look at his roster, and you're like, Lazard, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, these could all – they're not untradable assets. And so you're like, maybe that's part of his thinking. But I don't understand Baker Mayfield not waiting on it. These teams who don't have a quarterback are going to get more desperate. And 
even if you did this trade now, it seems if you're doing it now, I think you have to make sure you get overpaid. And if you get trading for Tony Pollard, instead of Austin Hooper, you should have gotten like a young wide receiver or, um, or, or draft capital. And that might've been too much to ask, but if it is too much to ask for, uh, then I think you can wait and call the bluff because yeah. he doesn't have anything else. He needs this quarterback. I think you can get more and don't get me wrong. We could look at this next year and Tony Pollard could be Dallas's starter. And all of a sudden you're like, he traded Baker Mayfield in the last year of his deal. And Baker Mayfield could be Sam uh, Darnold next year and done. And you could have been like, that was, a, that was great for him. But I still think you could have gotten more by waiting no matter what. Um, I, it's frustrating because I think there's like a stroke of like, it's a good, there's a, there's a real intelligence to the trade and like, get happy you look at his roster now and you're like robert woods 15 dollars. a lot of these players are like if i'm this is dynasty robert woods seems like he's going to trade him now to me it seems like some of these players are like come and get him type type things that is really smart because none of these players except for kyler murray are on untradeable deals uh i just think he didn't get uh, the win here but i think we're going to see a lot more of this from him i think we're gonna see a lot more of it and i think it's kind of smart like deandre hopkins just st- sticks out like a sore thumb doesn't he like it's like when he comes back and it's like, Hey guys, I got DeAndre Hopkins. Come get him. $30. Yeah. And it's super cheap deal. Like you said, super like, cheap. I, I think it's very interesting how this is going to play out. And, you know, just, I, I think a very savvy move on, you know, we chat on the loose cannons. We've, we've given chat a hard time, very savvy move. I think this puts him into playoff contention. Uh, again, that's a very fluid area. That seventh wild card spot, but, I think this at least gives him the little extra oomph he needs to be able to uh, to baby win a wild card. So, um, good job. I say A minus personally for Chad, and I'm going to say C plus for Evan. Yeah, <laughs> probably lower that C plus to C minus. You know, I, I, and the C minus is all because I like the thought behind the trade. I think just on value, it's lower. Um, but I think it's a really intelligent thought, and it could, you know, it has the upside of being really a really good value even just straight up next year so i would say in that range and and, and chad's probably best trade in his time in, in in the league it's kind of savviest trade really bails himself out of a sticky situation I, i'm still gonna think that judy for uh james connor trade turned out to be his best trade of two years ago uh, i forgot to about get that, it, to, be honest. to get that 109 back uh <laughs> When he was yeah. thinking, but I mean, Chad did the strategy that we are talking about now, right? Like he, he held players and then became the depository for people who were making playoff runs and needed either depth or, you know, a starter because they lost it in injury. I mean, he really wrote, a, he showed the blueprint for how to rebuild a team while you are rebuilding. Wait, that's yep. really redundant, but whatever. Anyway, a blueprint that, that several of these teams we're going to talk about in our, in our week one preview. Mm-hmm. could could follow yeah all right so I, I guys we already came out with a podcast this week so i say we keep it short we get right into the week one matchups and then uh if we have some time later on we maybe get into a different topic so uh first game that we're going to look at is all of these games are in division for those who forgot that we switched it up the, how we schedule the first two games of the season are in division games uh, obviously, we'll have a probably big impact uh, in tiebreakers later in the season. So the first game we're going to look at is the Rockville Cartographers versus the Nuts. Uh, 
these two teams obviously have a storied history since the Nuts joined last year. Okay, so maybe not so good. Why don't I stop joking and just kind of get into the game? Uh, right now, we've got the point difference as 26-point favorites for the uh, cartographers. Gentlemen, what does the Nuts have to do to win this game? I think it's going to have to be, you know, your stars going off, right? That's how you upset teams. Somebody goes off for 40 points. Got to be Tyreek Hill going off for 40. It's got to be Leonard Fournette going off for 30. Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill giving you competent weeks. Um, and and then, you know, one other player giving you 20 plus. And then you're in the range, right? Like, then you're then you have a chance. Um, if that doesn't happen, then, you know, I mean, we talk, I talked about it last week. I don't have to tell you what – the cartographers have it's good it's going to be even some of the, your best weeks um, on his average week if his team is healthy so but he's just going to have to have multiple guys go off and then everyone play well uh stars what stars it's one star for the for the nuts it's Tyreek Hill um potentially looking for that Mike Evans potentially Mike Evans okay anyways we're talking about different levels of stardom here uh if you flip over what they actually need is for all these negative matchups that that the cartographers players are in. He's got Khalil Herbert and Darnell Mooney in against mm-hmm. San Francisco, a top five defense against both of those positions. Uh, he's got Justin Jefferson in against Green Bay, a top 10 defense against that position. He's got Deontay Johnson in against Cincinnati, who gave wide receivers trouble in some weeks and then let tons of points by in others. Um, Russell Wilson against Seattle. Returning home could be a shaky performance. Really, the Breezewood Nuts' only chance is that all of those things go wrong and Tyreek Hill blows up and Jared Goff and Tannehill turn in competent performances. Uh, otherwise, this would be my lock of the week for the cartographers to not only win, but cover running away with it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of those sentiments, and uh, I think it happens. So, Tyler, you've got the cartographers with the spread. Drew, what are you doing? Um, I am taking uh, the cartographers with the spread, and Byron is picking against himself. I am picking against myself, giving the nuts. All of those terrible things will obviously happen, and I will be crying week one. Congratulations, Joe and company. Um, all right, the next game that we're going to look at is Rams versus the big TDs. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about this matchup? What do the big TDs have to do to win? The first thing they got to do is set their lineup. Uh, That would be key. Uh, The other thing they have to do, uh, they're going to be unfortunately in a similar position to to the cartographers with a lot of negative matchups. On the bright side, they are going to get Juju Smith-Schuster against Arizona. They're going to get Jalen Waddell against New England. Uh, Their third wide receiver, Debo, plays Chicago, which is a young but up-and-coming unit. Uh, Stafford gets that Buffalo defense that's supposed to be better this year, right? Uh, the difference between the best TDs and the cartographers is there's about a tier and a half talent drop off across the board, um, especially once you look at those running backs. Uh, all the Rams are the best have to do is hope that all these games that they're looking at that should be shootouts, Las Vegas against the Chargers, uh, Buffalo and LA, which yes, is a defensive nightmare for for both sides, but that's going to be a high scoring game. If you look at the over under at 52, 
Green Bay and Minnesota could be up there as well. If those high scoring games start to really rack up the points, Dave's players on the Rams are going to rack up the points. Even with them. even Baltimore and Jets, right? Like that, yeah, you, right. You, you historically are, think of them as defense teams are two of the worst defenses uh, in the league last year. That could and, and be points. Rashad Bateman could go off, right? Yeah. Against that Jets secondary. Exactly. Any um, thoughts just uh, just quickly uh, on the choice to go Cam Akers over AJ Dillon for the Rams? Uh, I mean, both of those guys could get points. Like, I'm interested. Is there any any way you would ever start two running backs on the same team? I did two years ago. I hated it every week that I had to do it. Um, I'm not envious of Dave having both. I like I would if I was Dave. I know he just acquired. Uh, or he's had both of these. Yeah, he just acquired Cam Akers. I would absolutely start him over AJ Dillon, um, but I would not want to be in the the seat that has to pick which of those two, Dillon or Jones, to start each week. It seems obvious that it's Jones, but there are going to be weeks where AJ Dillon out touches and outscores him. That's just the way this offense is going to go this year. Yeah, he he had a fifty two forty eight split last year in that backfield. Um, I would start Cam Akers and then pick your Green Bay one. There might be a point in this season where you pay, you're starting both Green Bay players. I don't think you do it week one, um, but uh, yeah. And I think Tyler's analysis is is spot on for this one. I would take uh, I would I would take the the Rams here. All right, Drew, what's the line? Line on this one is Rams are favored by sixteen points. I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams. I'm also okay. taking the Rams to cover here. Same as well. All right, our third game of the week, we are going to be looking at Mike Ryan versus the Meats. That's my favorite way to say your team name. Uh, and uh, you know what? I will take give you a quick – I'll start out because, Tyler, I think you don't want to get too much input on your own team. Uh, I think this is – going to be hard for Mike Ryan obviously he doesn't have a second quarterback so whenever you're in that situation it's never good but the primary quarterback is Geno Smith and that's even worse right like at best you're looking at Geno uh Geno as a super flex not as your starter but there is a path to victory for Mike Ryan I mean like we saw it last year he put up 130 points against you it's very easy to see Diggs, McLaurin, Kirk kind of blowing up. Uh, I, I think there's an outside chance he does beat you. Drew, what do you think? Yes, there, there, there's an outside chance. Um, it's an outside one, a very, very distinct outside one. And then when you look over on the other side of the lineup, you quickly lose confidence in that outside chance. Because uh, you got Jalen Hurts against Detroit. You got Derek Carr in a shootout with the Chargers. Uh, you got Kamara against Atlanta. You got Chubb. Carolina might be okay on D, but you got CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, Tampa Bay is pretty good on D, but you still have CeeDee Lamb. You still have Gabe Davis. You still have Michael Pittman against Houston. Um, I just think it's, you know, he, Mike Ryan's going to catch some teams. I, I don't think it's going to be this team. I think Tyler's going to get off to a hot start this year. I think Tyler's going to really impress, the, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, you look at this lineup, and and when it's everyone's playing, this team is 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 very scary, right? It's a top every team. It's an old, it's a, a fancy footwork of old, and uh, I I uh, or I, I like it, um, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna cover. All right, then what's the spread? The spread on this game is Streets meets favorite, second biggest favorite of the week by twenty points. That's a that's a 
big, big line. That's a big line. I still think he's going to cover. Yeah, honestly, I'm actually, I had, mm-hmm. I'm actually taking uh, Mike Ryan to cover the spread and still lose. Um, if you read, if you just skip the quarterbacks and read the rest of this lineup, it's going to be close. And if either Derek Carr or Jalen Hurts, who are both capable of laying turds, if either or both of them do in week one, this game will get real tight real fast. Yeah, honestly, I was kind of on board with Mike Ryan, but now that Drew has kind of pointed up the matchups, I'm a little scared. I'm going to go pick streets. I think he wins with the spread. All right. Our next matchup of the week. And remember, guys, you've got to set your lineups. I'm looking at you, Tim. But we've got Peyton's making nachos versus the Scrubs. And again, the Scrubs are one of our league favorites from last week's episode. We're considering them a top two team. Um, Very scary. This is going to be a hard matchup. I'm very interested to see what happens with Scrubs' second. I'm very interested to see what happens with Scrubs' running back core in general. Saquon Barkley, we've had two mediocre years in a row. Ramondre Stevenson, one of the golden rules that I've always applied to with running uh, with fantasy football is never trust a New England running back ever, ever. So I'm a little worried about what happens, but the rest of the talent on this team is just so great that I think he overcomes it. I think that all these players come out big. Um, I like scrubs. And since Payton's making nachos doesn't set a lineup yet, I don't really know what advice to give him outside of start Daniel Jones and Davis Mills. Um, I think you have a question mark there, actually. I think, um, don't get me wrong, uh, I'm not a big uh, Joe Flacco guy. Um, but Davis Mills is playing Indianapolis. That's not an easy defense to play against. Davis Mills and Joe Flacco are very comparable to me in terms of stats you expect. And Joe Flacco is going up against one of the worst secondaries um, in the league last year. I think I actually would start Joe Flacco here. Um, other than that, um, I think I'm taking Nachos to cover this spread. 17 points is a lot, and it's a lot when you have maybe two of the best running backs. There's only going to be so many weeks he's going to have Christian McCaffrey, but when he does, he's going to put up points. Don't get me wrong. The wide receiver gap is insane, but I think the running back gap is going to be insane too. Um, and I think that's going to keep him in this game. I think it's going to be Herbert and Rogers that are the difference in this. Uh, but I think it's going to be slightly close, like not really close. I'm thinking he's going to cover it by a little bit, like in the 15 point range. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take the gamble uh, that he covers here. It's a 17 point spread. I've got the scrubs to to cover this and win. Uh, I just I don't see I I think if he starts all three of these running backs, he might be disappointed by one or two of them in week one. Uh, Kansas City's defense is much improved. Philadelphia's defense is supposed to eat everyone alive this year. Um, Connor and Swift could be you know eight to ten point plays this week, uh, leaving just CMC to carry a huge load for the rest of this roster. Um, I, I just think this is going to be Scott's. I actually think this, this one could get out of hand relatively quickly. I'm with you, Byron. I, I wonder what the Ramondre Stevenson backup plan is when he's getting double out touched by all the other running backs on that roster, but we don't have to find out week one. 
Uh, so for right now, it's the scrubs running away with this one. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to take the scrubs on the spread with the spread too. Um, I just think this team is very good and I'm a fan of Cyclone Barkley. I, I kind of want to see him kind of, I don't know, get to the former glory we saw that original season uh, or his rookie season. All right. Next up, we have got the Drush versus the Citywide. Uh, uh, Drew, why don't you? Oh, actually, Drew, you're not going to talk about your own game. Tyler, why don't you start us off? What do you think about this matchup? Well, it's one of the few in which both teams seemingly have set their lineup. Um, and if you look at the odds makers on RT Sports, uh, they've got Drew winning 93% of the time. And earlier today and last night when I was looking at this, if y'all were going to let me take the 18 points, accounting for Zach Wilson getting the start in this game, I was willing to take uh, citywide on the spread, Drew still to win, because uh, I, I just don't think he can get there. But with starting four wide receivers, one of whom is Devin Duvernay, and then you're going to the most touchdown-dependent fantasy tight end of last year against the second most touchdown-dependent fantasy tight end of last year. Don't get me wrong, but Hunter Henry doesn't hold a torch to Zach Hurts' capabilities. Um, up and down this roster at every single spot, the matchup is tilted just a hair towards Drush. And then once you get to that super flex spot, Trey Lance significantly over Devin Duvernay every time. Um, I think that without the availability of Zach Wilson, Drush covers and runs away with this game at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I got to say that I think Devin Duvernay is not the play here. I think it's definitely MBS on your roster. Kansas City Chiefs got him. He is the starting wide receiver on that. So unless he's got an injury that I don't know about, I definitely think you should start him over it. The problem is, is I'm not sure Michael Thomas plays this week. That Hammy is still giving him trouble, and they have not given us any confidence to believe that he will play. So you might end up playing Duvernay regardless. I'm going to say the Drews win, and you know what? It's the lock. It's my lock of the week. 35-point favorites. 35. I'm That's what the lock. 35. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Absolutely. about that. You double lock it up for double wins? It's yeah, you have to win double. by 52. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not double. It's just 15 points more. 15 oh, so points. 40, 41. 41. Okay. I still feel it. I still feel All it. All right. I still feel it. Fine. Next uh, Next up. Wait, Drew, Wait, you have to give us Who are you taking? Taking yourself, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I forgot. I have to give a pick here. I'm going to give it a pause and then I'll come in. Yeah, I take me. I take Drew. I think you guys hit the nail on. God, you know what I found out when listening to the podcast? And I promised myself I'd stop it. Is I say hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. so fucking much. It's annoying. And I, what I want to do, though, at some point is just go get everything I thought was a nail getting hit on the head and just see how wrong I was about that nail getting hit on the head. With that said, I take Drush. Um, this might be one of them. I might lose. And you didn't hit the nail on the head. Which is so funny, too, because there was a comment you made last year where you messed that saying up. And Dave and I were both like, what? He was like, hit the hammer on the head. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, no. Apparently, it was traumatic for me. It just locked it in. You must say this all the time. The next game we have is uh, Pets and Barricades and the Home Run Hitters. 
the line on this one, guys, is uh, is minus 11. Uh, Tyler, why don't you start us off? Uh, yeah, so that's minus 11 for the home run hitters, I, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going the other way. This is the accidental win Evan's trying to avoid. Uh, I just, I see it for both teams, right? It's hard to slide these players in, but you're going to have Derrick Henry and Kareem Hunt. Derrick Henry going against, again, an improved, young, fast defense in New York. Uh, they hit hard, and he's coming off that foot injury. This could be a disappointing first week. Um, Kareem Hunt playing a tough Carolina team in which Cleveland's going to be behind. Yes, he'll get the receptions, but he's not going far with them. Uh, projecting the receivers on this team are not stellar, not even close to it. The only concern you got to have is that Evan goes, you know what? Let's get this party started on the wrong foot. Let's bench everybody. And you'll see the lights, uh, likes of Donovan Peoples-Jones, Sterling Shepard, Jalen Warren, and Keyshawn Vaughn in there. Um, And on that note, that's why I'm taking the home run hitters, even though I think that if Evan started his optimal lineup, uh, he might be able to sneak out this win. He's starting the optimal lineup right now. You look at the site. Kyler Murray, J.D. McKenzie, Tony Pollard, Robert Woods, Isaiah McKenzie, Alan Lazard, A.J. Brown, Robert Tunyon, and then his other. I mean, that's the optimal lineup, which is surprising to me. I respect the hell out of it. Um, surprising, especially after the trade we saw this week. Um, with that said, optimal lineup or no, um, I still think you're throwing out Robert Woods, Isaiah McKenzie, and Alan Lazard out there. I just think you're throwing out J.D. McKissick and Tony Pollard out there. I don't trust either one yet. That's a, a lot out there that even if you're throwing out your optimal lineup, I don't like it. And don't get me wrong. You flip to the other side. Sure. You know, there's some question marks, but you still have Tom Brady. You still have Derek Henry. You still have Kareem Hunt. You still have Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback too. I'm going to go ahead. Not only am I going to take the home run, I mean the, the, yeah, the home run hitters on this one. uh, I'm going to go ahead and lock that in. I'm going to say, Evan, if you, I don't think it's quite the best lineup you can do if you if you're trying to win this season. I think I would go Gerald. Oh, next to me this week. I think Gerald Everett over Robert Tunyon personally because Everett lead tight number one tight end uh, on that rock on the Chargers. Uh, I'd much rather be tied right now to Herbert, even though Rogers is there. I'm just worried how much Tunyon has recovered from an ACL injury and. Honestly, Green Bay could be a running for, run first team. So that's kind of my thinking. And But I'm going to go with the home run hitters as well. That seems like a, a pretty safe bet. <clears throat> but the thing is, is will Drake London play? Like that's a – no, I'm going to go with home run hitters. I, I, home run hitters. Yeah, they still have some options to throw out there, even if he plays. Like they're not great options. Um, he's got some options, though. Got it. And, and those options, it's, but I mean, you look at the other side and it's like, sure, you talk all you want about Mackenzie and Lazard's hype. It's like Mackenzie and Lazard. Let me see it first. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're at our games of the week bar. Yeah. This is our games of the week. Normally we reserve it to one game of the week, but these matchups are so goddamn close that we have no idea what to pick. And I think this is probably the most interesting portion of this podcast. Boys, let's start out with the Luchadors versus the Cannons. Uh, Tyler, who do you got? This one, 
I've gone back and forth over and over again. Chad adding the second quarterback in the midst of really trying to look at these uh, makes me want to take the loose cannons here, right? Even though I think Dalvin Cook, the upside of Dalvin Cook alone, and I know Joe Mixon's on the other side, the upside of Dalvin Cook, uh, Jameis Winston, Justin Fields is going to be throwing in that game. He doesn't have a choice. Um, tell me who you'd rather have. Which more would you rather have, Elijah or Rondo? It's probably Elijah. Like, he's got the better Denver receiver. But then you look, and it's Keenan Allen against Adam Thielen, right? You've got Gesicki over Komet, and some of these wins – on the luchador side are going to be big wins. The problem is I don't think he's going to be able to overcome the totality. Like this is going to be a death by a thousand cuts mm-hmm. lineup from, from the loose cannons. Um, and all, they're just going to 14 points across the board, their way to victory. The saints are going to destroy Atlanta. Um, even if the game is close, that defense is going to, to absolutely kill Marcus Mariota. Um, which doesn't help Justin having Cordero Patterson on the other side. So I I'm taking the loose cannons in this one. Um, I know it's close, but I think they're going to lock up the victory. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I and mean, it's a tough one. I, I also, you know, wonder if I'm just, don't get me wrong. Like I think on paper, you kind of have to start Cordero Patterson week one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I would start Damian Pierce personally. I think I would. Uh. I, I just I don't believe in I I am a believer that Cordero Patterson is going to be like a, a very not so relevant fantasy player some point this season. That's just you know I, I I didn't buy into it until like a long time last season. I still look at it and I'm skeptical and and um I, I but with that said I'm not saying you you probably are going to make that change. Um, I don't expect a big week from Cordero Patterson. And I, I think you're, you're right. The, the, the way Luchadors win here is with big, big games from Winston and Cook and Allen. Um, and if they don't give you it, I think the floor from the Cannons is going to be a lot of, of, of decent plays and decent points. I'm going to take that consistency. I'm going to take the bank. I'm going to take the, uh, the loose Cannons. Uh, I've got a quick question. Has Cordell Patterson only had the running back designation or were they wide receiver slash running back last year? Because Cordell Patterson, it seems to me, loses a lot of value if he is only considered running back since he plays multiple positions. You would much rather have the, uh, remind me, San Francisco wide receiver. Debo. Debo Samuel. You remember the Debo Samuel where he's playing running back, but you're getting the wide receiver designation because he's getting more. But the the thing is that Debo's not actually playing running back. Mm -hmm. Frequently, he's on the field with a running back. He just gets motioned into the backfield, right? Cordero Patterson, in much the same way that we're going to see Antonio Gibson this year and Tony Pollard this year and a couple other running backs around the league, you're going to see him move into the slot and yes it's where he traditionally was and i think as late as week two or three on this site last year he was wide receiver eligible but they quickly took that designation did they i don't think he had it all year last year i think he when had it, it they, most i think they didn't change it until it's, I, I might be misremembering i don't think they changed it mid-season I no think you could kept, be right because i'm on like 17 different sites for the yeah I think I think they kept it in our league. I I, I do know that we talked. Uh, I forget who I talked with about, but they changed that designation. 
um, uh, over the season. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, and and Tyler um, was spot on. Um, see, see, guys, I almost said it uh, was spot on when he said um, that the difference between Debo and Cordero Patterson was their running back. He was playing running back. He was not playing wide receiver. Um, he got motioned out where Debo was 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 still wide receiver. Um, so, so that is, he's just a running back. It does lose value. Um, but it is because he's a running back. Uh, but I, I know Tyler, you were shaking your head, but I agree with you. I, I'm going Damian Pierce here. I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I know it's insane, but you draft him five overall, right? Like you've already committed to the insanity. Might as well let it roll and see what you get. Uh, I just not a big Cordell fan myself, but I, I, I just yeah. think that rolling him out in week one as a starter against an Indianapolis front seven that's been really good against the run and is going to be really good against the run again this year is not the move um I don't love Cordero Patterson against New Orleans either don't get me wrong yeah, but like we've seen we've at least we've at least seen Cordero Patterson be successful last year against a couple of good defenses so who are you taking Mark? Uh, for me for me I think this matchup comes down to who has the better 2021 quarterback, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? Give me Fields. I'm going Luchadors. What? Are you kidding? I'm going Luchadors. Uh, you think Fields me, was better? I mean, that sentence made sense, but the, the end surprises me. No, the That's sentence gonna be did a... not make sense. There was not a world in which Justin Fields was a better quarterback. No, the sentence made the sense same. until the predicate. That's what I was saying. Like, until the end oh, okay. There. Until Thank he you. said that oh Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence this year, I was like, "That I think that's right." Well, but but well, but it's fantasy football, guys. And if he yeah. runs and he like, I can see it. I don't think it's stupid. I see the logic. I understand what he's saying. I just thought he was going to go the other way. It was like a very good juke. Um, it's not yeah, totally it's silly. Yeah, and I give uh, you a Chris Berman. What clearly I was juked out. So um, last <laughs> game, magic. this is it. One point spread on this one, guys. That's so crazy. Joe's Primo team versus the fancy footwork. I mean, these are two teams that honestly, they are definitely vying for that seventh playoff seed. This is a matchup that definitely matters later in the season. You really have to win this. Um, and I really, t- <laughs> I don't know. We, we haven't seen Joe's Primo team field a competitive roster in over a year. Drew, who do you have? I regret, actually, because I hinted at it before. I said, you know, when fantasy comes up, I got something to say. Um, and I kind of regret my lock um, because last ever since the end of the draft, right, we had a little, like, fake, Where does where, what are the odds? And Fancy Footwork came in last in that amongst, like, a group of people in the, in the league. And I was like, what are you looking at? And then I look at this matchup, and, and again, I'm in the same spot. I, I am very confident in Fancy this week. I think Fancy's going to win this week. And look, break down why I, I don't know what roster other people are looking at when they say, who's the second best team in my division? Who am I scared of the most? It's fancy. It's the the one of the top four owners in our league going historically, and probably top two. Like in my mind, like probably Dave and Fancy and Byard are right in that category of like the best owners in our league. There's a reason why he's always competitive. Is because he feels teams that even in down years, it's like this: Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Mac Jones. 
that's a massive win. And, and you're not asking for too much to break out when you're saying Travis Etienne and Javante Williams. A lot of people are predicting them to break out. You're asking Chris Godwin to be Chris Godwin. You're asking DK Metcalf to be DK Metcalf. Yeah, he's got a worse quarterback, but he's also good. Um, and then he's got Darren Waller. Um, I like this team. I think this team's been discounted by a lot of folks. I look at this team as kind of this like uh, not as depth deep and and maybe not quite the upside of streets and meets, but very similarly constructed team to me where I look at them and I'm like, I could see why this team thinks that they're, they could be higher on the list. And I also would feel like I have a chance if I had fancy footworks team. Um, I don't think they should be a favorite in the league by any means. I think they're going to come out and, and surprise some people with a big, big week this week. Um, and I think they're going to win this one going away. If I could take my lock back, I would, I, this would be it. Um, I'm right there with you. I, I think Joe's Primo team is going to put out quality product week in mm -hmm. and week out. Um, you know, they're going to have their choice of tight ends. They've got three of what will probably finish this season as top 12 in Schultz and Joku and Kittle. Um, Matt Ryan and Mac Jones won't scare you, but there's like a pretty decent floor there week in and week out. Uh, and their week one matchups are an improving, consistently improving, but lost their great defensive coordinator, head coach, Brian Flores in Miami and Houston, which is one of the least least talented defensive units in the entire NFL this year. Um, so they've got plus matchups there. Uh, Brees Hall against Baltimore. You don't hate that. Uh, he was, he is the RB one on the depth chart. Um, and then what does Zeke have left in the tank? You look at all that and then you add in a couple of okay receivers right? It's not looking great at receiver. Then you flip over to the other side. Like you said, this team, Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott also going to be in throw it, throw it, chuck it matchups, right? The only concern I have about fancy this week is this Etienne Williams pairing. Um, we haven't seen Etienne in an NFL game that counts. Javante is in a pretty big timeshare. If Mitchell can go, in week one and is healthy, I think he gives you a nice solid floor and I might consider putting him in for ETN just for some of that, like till I see it from ETN have Mitchell out there who's done it before. But other than that, I'm with you. I think this is, I know this is a one point game, but I'm taking fancy here. Um, I, I had it as Joe's until Chris Godwin was, if Chris oh. Godwin isn't playing, um, but it looks like he was a full practice participant today. Um, because once you take Chris Godwin out of that lineup and you're putting David Bell or Khalil Shakir in there. Yeah, it changes uh, things. It, it changes things by a lot. And that's why I had Joe's up until today at 6 o'clock. <laughs> so, here's the other yeah. side of the uh, coin. George Kittle just got injured, now questionable to play in this upcoming game. So I think that also adds an interesting little ripple into this uh, conversation. I don't really know, but... I, I have to agree with you. I would not be starting ETN, especially with the news that James Robinson will play in the upcoming game. Um, I think that's going to turn out to be a very two-headed backfield where some weeks you win, some weeks you don't. But uh, I'd much rather, if Mitchell can play, let's let's roll it out and hope that he takes the job, you know? So I'm going to go 
oh my goodness, this is such a hard one. But with the Kittle news, I think I'm going to go with fancy footwork here. Just love everything else about this team. I, I yeah, I, I hear you guys. I also, you know, nothing that I said it was meant to say that I think Joe's crew a team doesn't have a solid roster. I just think fancy has really contending upside if his players, Javante and ETN, bust out. Um, that's a diff. A lot of people are predicting it. And I think one thing that has kind of hung over this whole first week's prediction um, that we kind of have hinted at over and over again, the league, Dave is a, is a formidable team. Byron's team is formidable, right? After those two, and I, there's probably a couple more up there. Um, there's like this second and third tier maybe, but the league is much flatter than it was last year where there was a clear runaway number one, a clear number two, and then everybody after that, right? This year, there is this massive bunch of teams, all of whom can make the playoffs. And I'm not saying this Joe's Primo fancy footwork week one matchup is the matchup of the year and it's a loser weave down match, but we're going to get there really early on in the season where if you start the year 0-2, 0-3, it's going to be difficult to climb out of that hole because everybody's going to be bunched up. Um, and your head-to-head record is going to matter. Uh, this year, we're using the sites playoff format which is uh your record against like opponents so racking up those early wins is going to matter even more especially for a team like joe's primo team or fancy footwork who want to contend but might have a couple holes in the roster i agree with everything that you said except that there wasn't a clear number two last year i think that's the that's the one thing but i'm nitpicking i think there were like three teams maybe even four in that next tier but that is really nitpicking and it's because I can't keep my mouth shut. I don't like it. Yeah, you're probably, you're you probably right. That, <laughs> right. That there was a, a clear second tier of teams is yes. more accurate. Yep. Um, it seemed like we knew going into the season who five of the seven playoff teams would be last year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, it was, and, and then best TD surprised everybody, but by, by a certain point, like, I guess they're a playoff team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the craziest thing too, is that even the, top two tiers like it takes a couple of injuries if josh allen goes down i mean granted that may be the case for everybody but like dave's team could like crumble like that my team is obviously a glass cannon team uh i don't have any depth in fact i looked at the fantasy pros today and it it gave me number 15 out of bench depth which was kind of a shot going from nine to 15 (laughs) but uh oh okay Anyway. I want to see what the, the fantasy pros power rankings did with the loose cannons trade because he was down there and I bet he's up higher. Yeah, um, I, I wish I had written them down, but we can see that um, loose cannons. Oh my goodness. Loose cannons have jumped from around 70. They were like, what, 10, 9, 10 to sixth place in the power rankings. They're, they're close to to street speeds it's still a pretty clear division but 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 yeah, yeah pretty that, that makes sense that, that, that makes sense uh, i'm not surprised that happens um i think they're right there with those teams like fancy with those teams joe's primo team i think you throw in there luchadors you throw in there that bunch of teams it's just gonna be a dog fight it's gonna be fun to watch wow anyways that's our episode hopefully it wasn't too long i know we've done multiple episodes over the past like three weeks We'll catch you next week, and uh, we'll get into a regular format. Mm